Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Look, I've got to just share, before we even kick off, just the amount of confirmation that has come for this word. Um, that beautiful worship time, those words there, look, just give me a second, I've just got to go back to them. In the fullness of your grace, in the power of your name, you lift me up. You lift me up. Like I was so moved. Holy Spirit was doing a work, still doing a work in me. Unfailing love, stronger than the mountains, deeper than the oceans, reaches to me. And I really felt the Lord reaching into my heart and into my life. And I pray that he does that with you this morning. Josh's word from last week, embrace weakness. I've been embracing weakness all week off the back of our fasting and praying. The encounter, our encounter meetings, our prayer meetings and worship times, I felt the Lord speak to me about the prodigal son and just kept going back to that. And we, the Holy Spirit was showing us stuff in our meetings and our prayer times and just revealing more and more about that. It's one of the most preached, referred to parables along with a few others but I felt the Holy Spirit really give me an angle on it that I hadn't seen before. And, uh, and then again, just what Josh just shared just then about if he reveals, then we've got to do something about it. We've got to obey, right? This is what this whole message is actually about. And then he wants to come and renovate, wants to just make some changes. And Quite comical, but profound at the same time. So I was in pre-service prayer meeting last Sunday, and I noticed that uh, Bunny, uh, Joseph of many colors, although Pete's looking a bit more like that. Where's Pete? He looks like he's got his coat of many colors. He's at the back there. Have a look at Pete's very colorful top. But Bunny typically has very colorful clothing. Pre-service prayer meeting, just praying there as we do. And Bunny comes by, and I see this eagle on his on his shirt and all very colorful oh he's already put it up so that one and as i was going by uh, uh, as he was going by and we were praying i said buddy that's amazing i love those colors and that eagle Uh, obviously it's in line with josh's word this morning mount up on wings of eagles and then he says to me he says if you're preaching on the prodigal son i'm not going to wear a pig And so I had to get him up against that corner in the administration block. And then he says to me, am I the chief cornerstone now? It just kept going. But look at all those colors just blending there with a picture in that skyline there of the city. So again, he didn't even know that I was going to preach on the prodigal son or the lost son, which is referred to in some of your Bibles. And there are many more confirmations that I had. So... Without further ado, why don't we go to the scriptures? If you could turn with me to Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to be reading from verse 15. Sorry, verse 11 to verse 31. But just before I do that, if we have a look at verse 1 so we can get some context to this. And it says there that all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. 
And the Pharisees and the scribes complain, 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 saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, So we see there's a parable there regarding the lost sheep, and then we see another parable. First he says, What man of you? And he goes in to, to, to give that parable. And then we see the parable of the lost coin, which was the next one that follows. And it's interesting, he says, what man of you? And then with the lost coin, he says, what woman of you? So he's really connecting with everyone there. And then he goes through this parable and, and reading from verse 11. So come, come through with me if you would. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to, said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to the citizen of, the, of that country. Interesting, joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine, uh, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he had come to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Made me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But, it, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and are no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put on a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And he became, and, and because he was, he was, has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these, these many years I have been serving you and never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might have merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, you ha he ha who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. If I was to title this message this morning, well, let, let me just pray. Father, I thank you for your precious word that is settled in heaven. 
I thank you that your word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come right now and do as you will. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Rebuke, correct, train in righteousness this morning. And may my preaching not be with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of your spirit and power. Now we've come off the back of a fast, with today being the last day. Now typically on a Sunday morning, we get amazing meals, if we can call it. We get fed so well with the Word. And typically it's a three-course meal. We get three points. Well, I'm going to do a little bit more of a degustation. Who's familiar with degustations? Oh, the lardy does. I was just at the Ritz-Carlton the other day. I had a seven-course degustation. Smaller meals, but very yummy. Culinary, culinary artistry. And it's often paired with wine, but I chose not that option. This morning, there are seven points to my message. <laughs> now, Josh did say to me, Pastor Josh did say to me, we want the pancake version. Now, I said, can I put syrup and ice cream on it? He said, no. So I'm going to do my very best. I literally have 25 minutes and I want to make some time and room for ministry afterwards. So I've got seven R's, right? And the first point is simply this. Pastor Josh is chuckling already. First point is a reality check. It says when he came to himself. Now, when you fasted and had no, very little food and no TV and no gym, that was a big one for me. Mind you, with a little calorie deficit, I think I'll have my abs back soon. I might be able to get up on stage again. Yeah, I got a few comments at the back in the gallery right there. Come on, we're going to have beach-ready bodies, guys. I was deeply convicted by the Holy Spirit during this time of praying and fasting. Josh, what he shared earlier on about stripping away in his time of fasting and what the Lord did with him. I, have felt the, I haven't felt the conviction like I have by the Holy Spirit in a long while during this time. And he's still convicting me right now. I was crying this morning as they sang that song because I felt the work of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want it to stop. I want him to do what he wills to do. He highlighted a few things to me. And perhaps you may want to consider those things as well. Being able to show me about the use of my time. And I can justify, we can justify everything. I'm really good at justifying. I go to work, I work hard. I eat. I go to the gym, I train hard. One, one and a half hours. I want to come home and sit down and watch TV. Nothing wrong with it. And relax. But I found myself watching a lot of TV. I found myself, someone told me about one of the episodes on Netflix. And I've never had Netflix. Honest opinion, who's got Netflix? Come on. Oh, hello. And there's nothing wrong with it. But when you start to, now the word binge, I'd never known binge. Binging. I know binging when you binge and drink. But binging on episodes on Netflix, I had what is that? 
And a mate of mine, a very successful real estate agent over in Adelaide, he said, Gary, you remind me of Harvey Specter in suits. I said, I said, so he's this, he's this classic lawyer, right? He is a gun. He is the master of negotiation. And I said, I've got to have a look at this. So I got Netflix and I watched Suits and guess what happened? Binged. I watched it and kept watching it to the early hours of the morning. And there are a lot of other episodes and I, look, let's not just go there, right? But I truly felt the Holy Spirit convict me in this time of no TV, very little food, a whole lot of other things, social media, this phone and tablets and all the rest. And he said, son, what are you doing with your time? Do you know that globally for an individual per day is about six hours screen time? The average Australian watches two to three hours per day of TV. It's another further two hours on tablets, social media and all the rest. They're all good and necessary if they're used correctly and for tools, but how much time are we spending that we could be spending with God? So I was so convicted, and this happened even before the fast. So I thought, right, just not going to watch TV. What am I going to do? So I, walk, I started walking, and I went for a walk and a stroll and just talking to the Lord and just letting the Lord speak to me. And so I want to encourage you this morning, is that something that you need to consider? See, the prodigal son is not just about squandering and being with harlots and wasting what it's about. It's about prodigal living. I mean, the Cambridge Dictionary version for prodigal is spending or using large amounts of money, time and energy, etc., especially in a way that is not wise. What are we giving our time to? And is it of eternal benefit? Because we can't get it back. Ephesians 5, 15 to 18 says this, So then when you walk, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine. That's why I didn't have that pairing, otherwise it would have been, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Back in 2022, I think around about August, we did a series on living in the Spirit. Jesus had to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. When Jesus was filled with the Spirit, what happened is that he was then led by the Spirit. We read this in Luke 4. After he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and it says that he came back in the power of the Spirit. He was filled, he was led, he came back in the power of the Spirit. And that's what happens when we're filled. The Bible doesn't make it an option. It says be filled and continually filled. We need to find ourselves in time with God being filled because then we can move in power. And that's what this whole parable is about because we see all the fringe benefits. We see all the benefits that come to us from the Father when we surrender our lives to him when we deal with sin and things that are in our lives that are holding us back and we see the incredible benefits, we'll see in a minute as I go through those other R's. I want to challenge you. Quick testimony. Who knows who David Wilkinson is? A number of you. 
David Wilkinson was the founder of Teen Challenge. David Wilkinson, and I'm laboring this point, so bear with me, because when you have your first meal of a degustation, they give you a lot of bread. Who knows why? I was trying to keep some of the meat out the back. I don't know. But the rest of them don't have any bread. But initially, you get these hot bread and, oh, so you're getting a bit more on the first point. Don't worry, I'll fly through the rest. David Wilkinson, the Lord spoke to David Wilkinson late at night. He was watching television, binging like I was. And he said, give me your time. Give me your TV time. So that's what he did. As a result of seeking the Lord and praying at night during his TV time, this is what happened. The Lord raised him up. Now David Wilkinson gave up TV and prayed. Instead, he became the founder of an international drug rehabilitation program called Teen Challenge that has one of the highest success rates anywhere in the world since its first centered open in New York in 1960. Teen Challenge has nearly 250 centers across the states. My brother Mike there's from the states in 48 states and over a thousand centers in 95 countries of the world. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Who says that? Pastor Josh, are you picking up what I'm putting down? What could happen if we gave one hour every day to seek the face of God, pray in the Spirit, meditate on the Word, and what will He do with us? One hour. When Jesus was in the greatest uh, turmoil, and agony, knowing what he was going to face in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was going to the cross. And what was his words to Peter? Peter, if you could not just watch, but one hour and pray. Is this something in there, guys? One hour. I challenge you this morning. What is it for you apart from time? Is it your talent? We read in Matthew 25. Bible speaks about the talents, the one, the, the, the one, the two, and the five. Are you using your talents for God? Are you using it for other reasons? Are you stewarding your finances? The Bible speaks about stewarding finances. Harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of the world, the king, kingdom of God. But it's not just the rich, it's the poor as well, because we're, we're forever scraping and our whole ambition is just to get that money. To... How is our time? How are our finances? Do we give to God? The first fruits, do we, when we get that paycheck, paycheck or EFT or how we get it, do we give to God immediately? Now, I'm just going there, guys, so just bear with me, will you? I'm doing a bit of a Brett Gaffney. Where are you, bro? You out there? I love hearing Brett preach, I tell you. Just does something in me. Do you know your numbers? Do your budget? Are you careful, good steward of your finances? Because when you are, you can give. If you know your finance, you can give. If you don't know and you just come to the end and go, oh, what I've got left, can't give. Are you reading the word? Are you studying the word? Paul says to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And just one little one extra I just want to bring. The Lord really showed me and all these are applicable to me. The Holy Spirit's been convicting me across all fronts and he's still doing it. And even this one that I'm going to bring to you right now. It says of 
the son, it says that he went and joined himself to the citizen of a country, of that country. Now, the, the son was the son of Abraham. He joined himself to foreigners. He connected. In fact, that word literally means to clave or be attached to. The same verb that is used with a husband cleaving to his wife in Matthew 19.5. It's a strong connection. Are our relationships that we have right now healthy? Are there relationships where we have been in down and out in states of loneliness or despair and we've connected ourselves to people just like that son did? Do we still have those relationships? The Lord is challenging me on that. And he says, be in the world, but not of it. Are we the influencer or are we being influenced? As strong as I am, as much as I pray, but if I'm not careful, if I'm not wise, I, f I find myself, even my language begins to change. I want to put that out to you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and allow the Lord to do his work in your heart. You know, one prayer that I pray is like David's prayer in Psalms 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Cast me not away from your, your presence. And it goes on to say, And hold me with your generous breast. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These are God you will not despise. When we pray like that, the Lord shows us. I've had the most amazing times. It would have been hours in prayer. And I felt in this incomplete un sense of unworthiness. And, I'm, and it's like, I'm not worthy. But at, simultaneously, I feel the incredible, loving, gracious arms of the Father. Saying, I love you. I adore you. My son has done it all for you. And that's what happens. He begins to highlight things in our lives. Josh spoke about, about renovating. Now, I've got a property that's just on the market. A phone, in fact, my phone is pinging like no tomorrow. I should have put it down there. Now, I prepared it for weeks. The owners are an elderly couple that are now in retirement. And they're five children, the siblings I've been working with to get this house ready. We've spent weeks and I physically have got involved in getting rid of cobwebs, getting, doing some landscaping. I mean, something that I customarily don't do, but I, I really just wanted to help these people out. And it's now on the market and it's unprecedented. I'm a real estate agent for those that don't know. It's unprecedented, the amount of inquiry. By the time it gets to next weekend, I'll have well over 100 inquiries. It's, it's just the market. It's the way it is. But what was profound is this one of the sons went to see his parents in the retirement village and showed him the photos of it. And the wife, the mum, goes, is that our house? Is that actually our house? She says, yes, it is, mum. And the father said, is that the front door? They could not recognize, they'd been there 26 years, they could not even recognize that home. That's what was how it had been overhauled. I want to share this with you this morning. God wants to do a work in us and deal with areas in our lives and let Christ be formed in us and deal with anything that is holding us back 
to fulfilling the will and purpose for God so that we're unrecognizable. We are unrec... You go and clap. Unrecognizable. And all that people see is Jesus Christ. Don't you want that? Isn't that the greatest thing you could ever have? Isn't that the most exciting thing you can ever have is just be like Jesus? You don't have to be evangelist. You don't have to be apostle. You don't have to be anything like that. If you've got Jesus dwelling with you and he's formed in you, wherever you go, things are going to happen. You're going to lead people to Jesus. You're going to have a ball. But sometimes it takes the work of the Spirit to allow the work of the Spirit to get us there. And will you allow that this morning? Will he be all that Jesus wants you to be? Will you say, yes, I want to respond, whatever those areas are. Point two, and I've got 10 minutes. Good luck with that. How's that pancake coming on, Pastor Josh? No, well, Ephesians chapter three. Okay, so the second point. In fact, I might just give you all the points because I do want to honor this time. The second point is a revelation of the love of God that leads to repentance. We see there, and we'll go to that verse there. No, actually, I won't. I'll keep you, I'll keep you guessing. Keep you guessing. It says there in verse 20, And he rose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put on the ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and found, and they began to be merry. My second point is a revelation of the love of God that leads to repentance. Paul prays this amazing prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. He says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from which the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Let's just sit on that for two seconds that you would be filled with the fullness of God. It's the fullness of God. I want to ask you the question, do you think that you could be filled with the fullness of God? I'm talking all of him. That all that comes out of your pores is God. All that takes place in your life, whatever you say and whatever you do, is Christ-like. I pray that every morning, Lord, whatever I say, whatever I do, May it bring glory to you. That's my mantra. Oh, that word mantra. Oh, new agey. Well, good luck. I'm going with it. Because that's my mantra. Whatever I say and whatever I do, Lord, may it bring glory to you. Can you believe with me this morning? Can you believe with me this morning that you could be filled with the fullness of God? Do you want to know how? Do you want to know how? Tell me who wants to know how you can be filled with the fullness of God. Come on. There's a few people who want to know how to be filled with the fullness of God. It's simply this, that you would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That's all it is. Now we might, and you might, love God, no doubt. Loving, believing Christians. But I want to tell you that we can grow in, God, in our love for God. We can know God that much more and know his love and love him more than we've ever loved him before. That's another prayer of mine. I want to love you more than I've ever loved you before. 
You know that God can give us a capacity to love? Mums and dads with your children, husbands and wives, do you not love your spouses more than you ever loved them from the day you said, uh, I do? Don't answer that. Mums and dads with your children, as your children have grown up, how much you love them when they first came into the world, do you not love them so much more? Mike and Mel have got two beautiful boys, Elijah and Malachi. You can't beat those names. And they're, they're awesome. But they love them. I know. I mean, they're like my own brother and sister. And they love those children. I mean, I watch Mike on, on Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Did I just say Facebook? That's social media. Oh, hello. That's why the Holy Spirit's still convicting me. But I watch this man travel all over the place with his boys, taking them all and just... They're learning, growing, experiencing. He so loves his children, as does Mel. But I watched that. You know, for those that don't know, I've journeyed with my dad. He, he got dementia. I was his carer for eight years uh, back in 16, 2016. And I cared for him on every level as a carer would. For eight years, I saw him every single day. I loved my father. I loved him then, I still love him now. He's gone to glory in June of this year. I never thought that I could love him anymore. But spending that time coming back from Adelaide, building my empire in Adelaide, and I had to come back to care for him, I had to let go of a few things. Believe you me, I had to let go of a few things. Maybe we need to let go of a few things. Get us back to where God wants us. Going in every day and seeing him, I found that this greater love for him grew in me. A deeper love. Almost an agape kind of love. An unconditional love. I mean, yes, I was caring for him. And I watched him regress with dementia where he was walking, talking. We were going down the beach and slowly till his passing. And I'll never forget this day. I went in there like clockwork. He was at the breakfast table. He was now in aged care in a secured wing. And I came in. He was sit seated at the breakfast table. And he saw me come in. He heard the door before he even saw me. And he jumped up from his breakfast table with such glee and excitement because his son had just walked in and he knew I was coming. He was waiting for me. The Father is waiting for you to just to turn. You know, when you repent, it simply means to turn or return. That's what repentance is. You know, we don't have to put on sackcloth and ashes and throw dust in the air. And That's Old Testament. We just got to turn. We just got to go 180 degrees. We're going this way. And there we go. Right, that's it. Enough of that. And I'm going this way. That's 180. Second point was the revelation of the love of God. That leads us to repentance. We can love God more. They're probably my two main points that I really wanted to bring home tonight, this morning. The third being the robe. Three for robe. Father, the, the father said, bring out the best robe. Now, it was the father's robe, this robe. I've done some research and it was for special events and celebrations. A long robe worn, covering him completely, worn by the upper class in the East. Symbol of status and honor. 
It reinstated his son in the position in the family and erased his shame. The Bible talks about our, our good works, our righteousness is our filthy rags. But what the father says, bring the best robe. And he threw it around him. And it was a long robe. And it covered him completely. And that's what the Lord does to us when we come back to him. Not just when we first said yes to Jesus. This is a process and this is exactly what happens every single time we turn. When we acknowledge sin in our life. When, when we, we say, Lord, deal with what you're doing in my heart. There's a process that takes place. A greater revelation, a greater understanding of his righteousness in us. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robes of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, he's clothed me and nobody can take it off me. That's what the Lord said to me. How's that? He spoke to me about that. I was, I was going through this, studying it and praying about it. He said, you know what? I put a robe of righteousness on you and no one can take it off because I put it on there. Bible talks about putting off and putting on, put off the old and put on the new. Blind Bartimaeus was blind. Jesus was coming down the road and he said, son of David, have mercy on me. They tried to quieten him up. Cried all the louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And this is what blind Bartimaeus did. He knew his miracle was coming. Your miracle is coming this morning. Your miracle is coming this morning. He did one very significant thing. Blind Bartimaeus had a cloak. He had a robe. And you know what he did? He threw it off. You know why he threw it off? That robe represented a blind beggar. When anyone saw him with that robe, they knew that he was a beggar and they would give him money. He was letting go of his provision, of his safety net, not knowing but believing that he was going to get a robe of righteousness. He let go. He threw off the robe. He said something and he ran and he was completely healed and he met Jesus that day. What are we going to throw off that we can embrace? Put off the old, put on the new. Point four was the ring on his hand. The signet ring in ancient times used to seal official documents representing the king's authority. Looking at it, you could tell what family legacy the person wearing it belongs to. Interesting, right? That's what he does with us. He puts a ring on our finger. You know what that represents? That ring? Authority. 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 Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, All authority I've given to you. We read that in the commissioning of the disciples. I want to say this one thing. I'm going to bring it to a close. We're now in negative time. Jesus commands his disciples to go out. Are we not his disciples? Go out into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I want to encourage you. You know, leading people to Jesus, baptizing them in water while we do it in church, praying for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit while we do it here, at an older caller up the front and discipling while we do it through means of training and Bible college and all the rest. Do you know that you can do that? 
Do you know, do you know that God has called you to do that? Do you know that God has called you to be a discipler where you lead someone to Jesus? Where you take them and baptize them. I baptize people in all sorts of places. Like you wouldn't even imagine where there was just water in swamps and it, 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 just because that's where the water was in the ocean, wherever. And prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit in all sorts of locations and then disciple them until they came into maturity. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to challenge you that you can be a disciple and do exactly that. Who believes that they could do that through Christ Jesus? Give me an indication that you can be a disciple, that you can personally lead someone to Jesus and disciple them and bring them into maturity. Number five, I struggle with this, guys. I really struggle with trying to find an R. I went through every thesaurus. I used Google as my friend, and I could not connect an R to sandals. He placed his sandals on him. And more recently, it's not something I do very often. I bought a pair of R.M. Williams. Mike's clapping. I so wanted to put R.M. Williams, but it's really not a sandal. They've got a few other R's like ridiculous and ripped off, but no, it was like 686 bucks. So I can't really use that because it's not a sandal. And so as I was giving Trevor the notes, Trevor goes, Wiseman, he goes, reef sandals. So that's the point, all right? <laughs> Have you got, a, has he got reef sandals? Mike's got reef sandals on. Show them your reef sandals, Mike. No, don't do that. Um, but the point is, is that sandals represent sonship. The servants never had anything on their feet, but Jesus places sandals on our feet to say, you're no longer, you're not a servant, you're a son. He was making a statement clear to all those that were around. We see that in a scripture reference in John 15, 15 to 60. I, call, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. But I'm going to move through point six. And he began to be merry. We see where they were parting because the son had come back. Point six is that he wants to restore the joy. He wants to put laughter back in you. For oil of joy for mourning, for the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness. He might sorrow in the, in the night, but joy will come in the morning. He's going to give you joy for those who've been going through very difficult times. He wants to put joy back in you. You know, joy is not determined by circumstance. The world talks about happiness, but it's when they got everything and they're not happy. We're not happy when we have everything. It's only something that can happen by the work of the Spirit, and that is joy, and it's not determined by circumstances. The final point is resources. We see with this older brother, the dad pleads with him, the father pleads with him, says, come on in, be a part of this incredible celebration. Your brother was once dead, he's now alive. He was lost and now found. And what I saw in that is that even the older brother was with the father. He wasn't with him. He didn't have the heart of the father. If he had the heart of the father, he would have been celebrating right there with his brother. He did not know the father's heart. He was behaving like a servant, not like a son, willing to settle for a goat. What have we settled for in our Christian lives? And I want to finish there. 
We know the musicians come and be fabulous, if that's what we're doing. I just want to conclude with this. Living a life of repentance is my title. I don't know if I put that up initially. Did you see that? Living a life. Sorry, I meant to have done that from the get-go. Living, the title for this was Living a Life of Repentance. It's quite a statement. There's scripture after scripture that says that we need to forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us and let us forgive them. Confess your sins one to another. The thing I've learned when you have a close brother or a sister that you can confide in, and, and my friend Roz has been uh, uh, the greatest encourager to me over the years in my, in my life, my Christian life. When you can share your heart, when things are going right, and what, if you're in doing things and, and it's hidden sin, the best way to deal with it is share with someone that you trust. Living a life of repentance. God wants to give us and is giving us and has given us this morning a reality check. Who feels that way? He's spoken to you. Just give me an indication. Come on. Come on. Is nearly everyone. Okay, that's good. The Holy Spirit is doing his work. Revelation of the love of God that leads to repentance. He wants to let you know about his righteousness. He wants to let you know the authority that he can give you when you come to him and spend time with him and get to know him. That you can move in great power and know his fullness. He wants to put those sandals on your feet and say, you're no longer a servant, you're a son. Ephesians 6 said that he's shod our feet with the gospel of peace, that we can go out. That's the whole purpose, you see. The whole purpose of living a life of repentance is that it enables us for the Holy Spirit to work in us so we can go out in power. That's why I want him to keep dealing with me till the day Paul says, I'm the chief of sinner. He had a revelation. But he wrote a third of the New Testament. Third or two-thirds? 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 He's got all the resources for us and he wants to restore joy. It says there that the Son arose and came to the Father. The Son arose. Repentance is just simply turning or returning. And if you're here this morning, you've never, ever returned. Or if you never, ever turned, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. It says, for God's the love of the world that he gave, his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Father is waiting. You can come to the Father through the Son. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.